Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Anastasia Corbin, and her new book, Becoming an Intentional Family. But before we roll that conversation, let me give her a proper introduction. Anastasia Corbin loves to encourage women to live a life anchored in Jesus. She's also passionate about sharing God's word. Anastasia manages the home while blogging and providing resources that encourage overwhelmed moms to prioritize faith, family, and themselves. The author of Becoming an Intentional Family and co-author of When the Bases Are Loaded, encouragement for moms to hit a grand slam in life. She lives in Northern Indiana and her husband, Jonathan, and their four children. When she's not writing, Anastasia enjoys digging into God's word, singing on the worship team, and reading while sipping on coffee. If she had a day to herself, you would find her on the beach reading a book. My kind of girl. All right, let's roll that conversation. Well, Anastasia, welcome to the All Things Podcast. I am super excited about our conversation today and just so glad you could join us. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. You bet. So before we jump into talking about your book and some of the things that God has taught you as a parent, uh, (laughs) before we go there, I would just love to have our audience here just from your perspective, how God has been a Romans eight twenty eight God to you, whatever your favorite story is that shows how he really does work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah, there, there are many stories I could share, right. um, but God just brought one to mind and it happened back in July of 2007. It was a Saturday morning. I woke up from, you know, sleeping all night. My husband was gone at a meeting at the church. My one-year-old daughter was still sleeping. And when I woke up, I was bleeding. And at this point, I was two months along in my pregnancy. 
and bleeding is never a good thing when you're pregnant. And so I prayed, I was like, you know, just cried out to God, I got a hold of Jonathan, let him know what was going on. Then I called the midwife and she recommended that I rest as much as I could with a one-year-old and just keep her informed of what was going on. And so we kind of just went about our regular thing, me trying not to freak out because, you know, I kept bleeding. And later that afternoon, we went to the farmer's market in town and we just happened to run into our midwife there. And it was such a God thing because she just helped ease my fears and just um, just talked with us and just helped me to feel better. Um, and she just checked in with me and she just said, you know what, you can come into the office tomorrow. We can check things out. Let's just wait and see what happens. Um, and so we just, throughout that day, we just spent a lot of time in prayer. We prayed for healing, for protection, for our baby. We were just, we were scared, we were fearful. Um, and then Sunday rolled around after church and everything, I was still bleeding. And so we called her and she said, okay, come into the office. I'll meet you there, whatever time. And so we met her there and she did an ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. There was no, no pregnancy. I had miscarried our baby. Um, and in that moment, my heart was just breaking. Uh, tears just streamed down my face. And I was like, God, why is this happening to me? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? Did I... Should I have done something different? Like, why is this happening to me? Um, you know, in that time in our lives, it was really one of the toughest times, a tough season that we went through, but yet God used it to grow my faith in a way that I feel like has never grown. Um, you know, I did the questioning and the why, but God handled all of that, all of my anger, my frustration, my fears, my worry, and he just drew me in and drew me closer to him. Um, you know, it still didn't make sense why my prayers weren't answered, but I just had to trust God. I had to trust that he knew best. And I had to just trust, obviously, our baby was in a much better place. Um, even though I wanted him there with us, he was in a much better place. And, you know, the one verse that really, really stood out to us during that time was Job 121, which reads, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And no matter what. Even, you know, we just had to learn to praise even in the hard. And part of our grieving, we actually, we did a service with our pastor, just the three of us together uh, in memory of our baby. I, I was only two months along. We didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl, but we both felt like it was a boy. And so we actually named him as part of our healing process. And we named him Jeremiah David. And we pick, we're very big on names and their meanings of names. And Jeremiah means Yahweh has uplifted, exalt the Lord. And David means beloved. And we just did that as a testimony that no matter what hard thing we walk through, we always want to exalt the Lord. And David means beloved. And we just wanted Jeremiah to know, even though we didn't meet him on this side of heaven, he was still precious and loved by us. Um, and God has used this really hard time as we, we have been able to minister to so many couples through the years, so many couples that have gone through it and done the questions and the, you know, the why has this happened? There's even, there's a group that I actually went and spoke to called Hope Mommies. And I spoke at a Mother's Day thing about miscarriage and just how what they've gone through is, you know, valuable and important and they are seen, they are known. Um, there's even some friends we have we lost our baby in 2007 and like three to four years later, we had another friend lose theirs around the same exact time. And each year we talk with each other and we talk about how our boys are playing and their friends in heaven having a great time. 
Um, and it's just a sweet, special time. And even this last week, I talked with someone, a friend about it. Um, you know, she's going through a really hard time. She lost her baby at 20 weeks, but I was able to minister and be a listening ear because I understood some of what she was going through. And again, it's like God just worked it out for his good. And I, there's just been countless people we've been able to be a blessing to because of what we walk through. So, yeah. wow. And if that isn't a perfect example of him bringing good, bringing uh, ministry, bringing mm-hmm. open doors out of, out of great pain. Great it's pain. Like, you don't want anyone to go through that, but yeah, God uses it. He uses it. He never wastes our pain. And no, really, that never. is a perfect example. And the thing that's so, I think makes that so powerful is miscarriages are one of those because it's not a big visible event Mm -hmm. that people see and can tell you're hurting. Right. A lot of women just stuff it and don't, Mm -hmm. and just really don't process it because they don't really want to talk about it. Cause if they do, they'll just break down. And so mm-hmm. it's just gets into this, you know, the healing doesn't come like it should, like it needs to, like God wants it to. Right. Cause it's, it's so easily unseen by people around us. So what a perfect way to be able to really, you know, walk with people through mm-hmm. that loss and that grief. Yeah, because it really is a loss that, you know, it doesn't matter how far along you are. I tell women that like it's still a life and it's still very precious and it's your child and it's a grief. You have to walk through it. It is it is like a death because it is. And yeah, it's hard because your body even goes through that. You like had a baby when you miscarried. I mean, you have to heal from your miscarriage and you're just like, what's, you know, and so women just, yeah, they need to know that it is that life is precious and their pain is real and it, you need to talk about it. Yep. That's how you heal from it. Yes. And I still feel like I heal from it. Even last week when I was talking to a friend, it's just like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And that is a great, that's a great Romans eight twenty eight story because mm-hmm. he really has brought good out of That doesn't make it good. He but brings he good out of it. Brings good. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Amen. All right. So we are going to talk about your book and it is so full of great content for parents and those who really want to do the best that they can in the role that God has given them as a parent. And so my first question is, how did you come up with your ideas for parenting? Are they mostly from your own experience as a mom? Mm -hmm. Actually, a lot of it, before we were parents, my husband and I, um, we waited about five years to start having kids because someone had given us that advice. And so we just watched families in our church and we just studied them. We're both observers. But then we also read a lot of books in hopes to, you know, (laughs) I don't know if anything can really prepare you for parenting, but, you know, we did what we could. And so we got a lot of ideas from that. But then also even from my growing up years, his growing up years, different ideas, I used to teach. I taught for six years before I stayed home full time. And I would hear from my students different things that they love doing with their families. So it's a 
all the ideas just come from a bunch of places. So I love that. So a combination really mm -hmm. of other people's watching other people, other people's stories. I've, I just love that. So mm -hmm. what are some of the obstacles that mm -hmm. you have encountered in your own intentional parenting? Yeah, the, you know, I think the biggest obstacle would be resistance from our kids. So, Cause sometimes they're like, ah, I don't want to do this. Like, mm, I don't think so. But I, I just learned to push through the resistance because when I have like some of these like biggest memories have been made and often, often I think kids resist, especially teenagers, but really deep down inside, they really want to do it. And so just pushing through with that. I think the other part is just like busy schedules when, especially when sports seasons take over in our home, because that's happening a lot. It's just making sure that we're carving out that time to be intentional. So that's definitely an obstacle too. Mm. And I'll bet just with today's busy lives, everyone's so busy mm -hmm. and it's easy to cave into that. So, oh yeah, it, it, we're, we're too busy. But you're, you're basically saying we're going to be intentional regardless. We're going to, yeah. we're going to make time and make it yeah. a priority. And I feel like one of those things with that, and I've just learned to be okay, like, you know, one-on-one -on -one time I love having with my kids. And sometimes it's like, you want to plan this grand thing and you want to do something really fun with them. But I always say something's better than nothing. So even if you're on the way to sports practice, just use that time to talk with them, to get to know them. I found with my boys, especially my older boy, he's 14, Nathan, that he talks a lot more when he doesn't have to look at me. So driving's the perfect time to have with him because he likes to talk more when he doesn't have to look directly at me. So yeah, it's wow. just using our day-to-day -day stuff. You know, when we're cooking dinner, ask one of them to join and that's being intentional with them. So mm, I yeah. Love that. So is there any commonly accepted advice for parents that you don't really think is very helpful? I think the whole getting your kids involved in every activity and starting when they're super young, I don't think that's the greatest advice because they just got to be kids. I mean, yes, get them involved in things when they express interest, but don't just put them in things because everybody else is doing it. So mm. that's my thought. <laughs> and I'll bet that could be a real temptation to just yes. keep up with, you know, the other parents that you mm -hmm. want. You don't want to look like you're not being a good parent and that you're right. not, you know, giving them every opportunity to find things to be successful at or whatever. Right. Oh, I love yeah. that. They will, you know, you'll learn your, you'll know what your kids you know, are good at and what to put them in, but it's definitely not everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so good. So yeah. every child is different. Okay. Have you found ways to tailor your ideas to each of your individual children? Yeah. So for family fun nights, we try to just pick a variety of activities. And actually we do, we are letting the kids as they've gotten older plan the family fun nights. So it's really cool because they pick what they would like to do and what speaks to their personality. Um, the other thing, when you do the one-on-one -on -one time with them, I feel like we've been able to be really intentional. Like, for example, my daughter, Analia, she's 12. She loves anything crafts. So when I do one-on-one -on -one time with her, those are the kind of things we do. Like, she wouldn't enjoy watching a football game with me because that's just not her. Now, Nathan, he would enjoy watching football and having food because that's that's a love language. It's not in the book, but it's definitely a love language. Right. So it's just knowing their specific makeup and what they really enjoy and then being intentional about that. Mm, I love that. Um, you're, I mean, all the things you're describing, I'm like, wow. Uh, 
I did not experience that kind of parenting. So mm -hmm. to, to see like, huh, like really thinking about that child into each one individually and figuring out, okay, what's going to minister to them the most. Mm. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just whatever, maybe we grew up with, or, you know, yeah. that's, that's probably kind of the standard go-to with a lot of people that, I mean, I know that's what I did as a parent. I didn't really have a good model. Right. So I just carried on with what I knew. So yeah. And that, you know, for my growing up years, I, I did not have a good model. And so that's a lot of where this comes from is I, I wanted things to be different for my kids. I wanted them to know that they were seen and loved and known. And so even in the heart for my growing up years, God's using that for his good because it's affecting the next generation mm. for sure. So, so good. So what are some of the benefits that you've seen in your kids that are a direct result of being intentional mm. about those family activities? You know, I feel like they are more confident. Um, they know their identity in Christ. They are leaders in their circles. They might not think that they are, but they really are. Our oldest daughter, Michaela, she's on the cross country team at the high school. And she she just loves on her team. She does gifts for them. She bakes for them. Like she just pours out Jesus. And it's just beautiful to watch. And then Nathan, our, he's 14. He in his friend circle, he's such a leader, tries to get them together and kind of leads that time. And then Analia in her school, like her class, she just, I feel like she's just a great leader. And then Caleb, our son plays basketball and football and he, he loves leading and helping other kids along too. And I just feel like they're, they're growing into who God made them to be. And it's just really cool to watch. Oh, uh, what I bet that's just like, wow. To see those gifts being you know, displayed even at their age. Mm -hmm. so, it's really neat to watch. So you write about the challenges of your own childhood, which you just alluded to. Mm -hmm. um, how did that affect you on how you thought about parenting? Yeah, I definitely, you know, I wanted things to look different. I wanted, you know, our marriage looked different because my parents' marriage was pretty rocky and I wanted our kids to feel secure in our relationship. So that definitely affected how we parent. Um, I just feel like the challenges that I grew up with that were hard shaped the cornerstones of our family now, like shaped because I wanted them to feel that known, loved and accepted. And so that kind of is like the foundation what we started at and just went from there and so yeah mm. so to actually take and i've heard that from other people that they've you know just come away not in not in a bitter way mm -hmm. but just saying i want to do things the opposite of mm -hmm. what i experienced yeah. and and really make a difference that way by doing what i didn't enjoy or what I didn't, you know, where I lacked what I needed, yeah. you know, it almost makes you a better parent to sometimes go through those experiences and realize. Yeah, I agree. It is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So everyone is so busy. What is your advice to a mom who wants to incorporate your ideas, but meets with resistance from either her spouse or, and her kids? Yeah. My first advice would be to pray about it. Like mm -hmm. tell God what you'd like, you know, just say, God, I really want this in my family. This is my desire. Can you help me do this? And then the other part is talking with your husband about it or your spouse and just saying, 
this is something I'd really like to do. This is why. Can we get on the same page? Even if you're not interested in doing it, can we do this? You know, and then once you're on the same page and you present it to the kids, I feel like it make when they see you as a team, they might still resist it, but they're going to be more open to it when they see you guys as a team coming together. And like I said before, even if the kids resist it, I just say do it anyway. Um, honestly, they're, they love it. They just don't want to show you they love it. So, <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, indulge me, humor me. Yes. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Let's have fun with it and let's see how we like it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. So was it difficult for you? Was it a difficult decision to open up about your life in such a personal way in a book for all to see and read and hear? It was difficult, but then it wasn't, you know, because it, it's always hard to talk about pain from the past because it hurts. And it, you know, there's some hurts that still continue in my family now. But again, God uses everything, even the pain. And so I have to trust as I share it that he's going to use it for his glory um, and to help others. And I just feel like I can't not share it. You know, but my heart's just to encourage others to not let their past define them, but instead to just be the person that, and parent that God's made them to be. And he's going to he's going to use our past and our hurts. And I, so that so it was hard because it's hard stuff. But I also was like, you know what? I need to do this because God has asked me to do it. So. Amen. So I just want to say for everyone that's listening right now, not only is this book in print, but it's also in audiobook and ebook. And what a great gift, not only to buy for yourself, but to buy a couple extra two, three, four copies and have mm -hmm. them to give to whoever the Lord leads you to give them to that mm -hmm. you think, you know, it could really make an impact in their parenting and in their family. So Anastasia, it's just been such a delight to have you on the podcast today. If we have people listening that go, oh, I would love to connect with her, follow her on social media, get in touch, having her speak, whatever, mm -hmm. what, what would be the best way to do that? Um, at my website, AnastasiaCorbin.com. And then I'm on all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, all the things, Twitter. So just, and I'm under just my name. So easy to find, hopefully. And then I also have a weekly newsletter that I send out. So that you can sign up for that on my website. And I, yeah, those are some ways. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Just God bless your continued ministry to your family and to all those moms and those that God brings onto your path through the book or through um, social media that uh, need to hear and need to be ministered to by um, you with all of the wisdom that he's given you through the hard and the, and the good. So thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.